morning again. So thankful for Ryan and how he leads us in worship and uh, how even in his prayer where he identified the, the strong presence of the word and how the scripture can lead us. Uh, just want to reinforce what we do before we study the scripture when we worship through music is such a powerful thing and such a, such a scriptural thing that the Lord allows us to do. Ryan and I, just so you'll know, talk every week about kind of where I'm heading in Scripture. And uh, Ryan, you nailed it this morning. There, in fact, I, I want to bring back up a couple of those songs as I'm going through my message. Uh, in fact, the, where Jason and, and Mark, if you'll help me, uh, where he talked about I will not boast in anything, I'm going to use that in just a second. So it's just a perfect place, uh, Ryan and everybody who allows us to worship with them up here and who leads us through their talents have brought me right to where I want to be. Having said that, now let me transition just a little bit with a hee-haw phrase. Anybody remember hee-haw? Yeah. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. That's what we feel sometimes. There's no doubt about it. As we continue to look through this series called Dancing on the Scars, I would love for you to turn to the 53rd chapter of Isaiah again. We'll be there for just a moment. We'll actually look at lots of different scriptures. I'll either refer to them or quote them. You can certainly look at them if you want to, but we're going to be in several different places in the Bible. But what I want to share with you this morning is how we can help and know that we can overcome our scars of circumstances. Um, you don't have to live in gloom, despair, and agony you, the days of your life. Uh, God is a God who helps us to overcome whatever circumstance that you find yourself in. Now, if you look back at the 53rd chapter of Isaiah, which is kind of where we're basing everything off of, that we're going in this Dancing with the Scars series, you will see in verse 4 where the Lord said, and, and we, we basically sang Isaiah 53 just a few seconds ago, if you didn't notice that, uh, when Ryan led us in, in that music just a few moments ago, we were basically singing Isaiah 53. It says in verse 4, Surely he took up our affirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Uh, that, that joyful understanding that what Christ did on the cross for us heals us. Now, if you look at any place on your body, I would guess that almost all of you have some place on your body where you have a scar. Uh, you will notice that God healed that scar. Uh, whether you had a physician who skillfully uh, sewed it shut like I do on my side, or whether you just had a little scrape on your knee or something along those lines. In fact, I remember going to the doctor one time when I was uh, a senior in high school, and I was having a, a problem with my foot. And uh, it, my foot, I could not lift it up. I, I'd been roofing all summer long, and roofing caused me to squat on top of a roof and nail shingles in. And so I was doing that all summer long and got near the end of the summer and I could not lift uh, the foot, my foot up to walk. When I was walking, I was dragging my foot. My mom 
being a nurse said, you need to go get that checked out. And so I went to the doctor and they did all kinds of checks and found out that I had a, a condition called drop foot. I'd, I'd put so much pressure on my nerves, roofing all summer long, that I'd kind of damaged the nerve. And he said, if you'll just quit roofing for a little while, that, that nerve will grow back. And I said, I'd be more than happy to quit roofing for a while. So that was a great way for me to get out of roofing at the end of my summer, and I was thrilled with that. But when I was in there, there was a physician's assistant who came in and did some uh, testing on me before the doctor walked in. And I, I had on shorts, and she was looking all at my foot, and she was coming up my leg, and she started looking at my leg. And she looked at me, and she said, oh, my goodness, you have osgood Slaughter's disease. And I went, what does that mean? And I was all panicked. And if you don't know, and I don't know, obviously, a whole bunch about medicine, but if you don't know, osgood Slaughter's disease is a buildup of the bone in your knee. And as she began to explain it to me, she said, it's a buildup from the bone on your knees uh, because you probably scraped your knees a whole lot when you were a kid. And I went, well, yeah, doesn't every kid do that? And she said, yeah, almost everybody has osgood Slaughter's disease. And I said, well, it would have been a whole lot kinder if you'd have said to me at the very beginning what that was and not frightened me to death. But that's what scarring does. Scarring builds up tissue. And sometimes, most of us would know that that tissue, uh, because of the fibrous way that God heals us, is not as flexible as it was before. But it is healed. So what I'm trying to help you and I to understand is that when God heals us, when scars come into our life and He heals us, sometimes we're not the same, almost all the time, we're not the same as we were before those scars came. But that's physically. It's not spiritually. God can heal you spiritually and take those scars and make those scars as white as snow because of what he did for us on the cross. And God is a God who can take the scars that are in your life and he can do wonderful things with them. Let me read to you a quote as I was studying by... a. <clears throat> a motivational speaker by the name of Wayne Dyer. Uh, not, not a spiritual motivational speaker, but just a motivational speaker. But what he said here really applies to us spiritually. Listen to what he said. He said, my circumstances do not make me what I am. They reveal who I've chosen to be. Let me say that to you again. My circumstance, circumstances do not reveal, do not make me what I am. They reveal who I've chosen to be. What I'm going to try to drive home with you for the next 20 minutes, 25 minutes here, is you have a choice who you want to be. You have a choice of how you can choose to walk with the Lord through all the tragedies, through all the trials, through all the scars that have been brought into your life, or you have a choice not to. But the choice is ultimately yours. The choice is ultimately yours. Let me read to you a few scriptures. Most of you would, would know this already, but some people would kind of struggle with the fact, do you think God is going to put me in situations where things will be struggles for me, where, where things will happen to me? And all of you who are my age or close to my age would say, absolutely. We know that as we go through life, Different things are going to happen to us that are going to cause different circumstances in our life 
that will scar us. You just know that. You're not going to get through this life unscathed or unscarred. I remember when I was um, in my early 20s, in fact, I'd, I'd just taken my first position uh, at First Baptist Nacogdoches here, and uh, I was trying to do a, a fundraiser. And uh, we, w the kids were going to summer camp, and what I had chosen to do was to ask the people in the church to sponsor students going to camp. Uh, I knew that the cost was a little bit expensive, so I said, um, would you be willing to give uh, uh, $50 to help a student go to camp? And we knew we were going to have about 50 or 60 students that would go to camp, so we knew we were going to have to raise about $2,500 to $3,000. And I, so I, I went to the church, just like I would come to you and say, would you help me do this? Would you help make sure that our youth can go to camp? And that church, just like this church, very generous, very loving, uh, you know, began to pray about whether they would allow that to happen, whether they would be uh, giving to the church or giving to the youth. But let me explain something to you. When, when I first made that statement, it was on a Sunday morning like this, and I left the worship service and went down toward the office area of the church. As I approached the office area of, a church, of the church, and I'd only been there a few months, remind you, as I approached the office area of a church, there was a man that came up to me and he got right in my face. And this was the, I mean, this was almost exactly verbatim what he said to me. I cannot believe you would ask us for money for the youth to go to camp. I can tell you right now that nobody's going to give any money for your youth to go to camp. They need to get it themselves, and you need to leave us alone. God bless you. It's good to see you too. <laughs> so wonderful that you've come to our church. Probably another church would suit you really well. You need to leave our church. No. I didn't say any of that. You know what I did? I turned around broken hearted and almost in tears. Uh, if you know me and you'll begin to know me better and better and there's people in this congregation that are here today that are visiting with us that will tell you I'm pretty emotional. Uh, it's just God just put that in me. I blame my mother all the time for that because my mother would just, you know, see a bird fly through the air and just start bawling. Look at the beautiful bird, you know, and all that stuff. And then I realized I do that same thing. And so I, I really get frustrated with my mom for passing on those genetics to me. But anyhow, so I turned around really brokenhearted that that man had approached me. And, and what I thought was, this guy's speaking for the whole church. Oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And I walked into our financial secretary's office, and she had heard what was going on, and she stood up and hugged me, and she said, oh, Bobby, I'm so sorry. Right after I walked into that office and right after she hugged me and said, oh, Bobby, I'm so sorry, a man walked in to that office and he tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around, remember, almost in tears, this guy has no clue what's going on, and he said, I'm so glad you stood up today and said what you said. I'm here to tell you that after people in the church have given money, whatever you need me to give to finish off that amount, I will do it, whether it's $2,000 or $3,000. How can that be? How can God bring you to a place where you're kind of going, oh my gosh, what is going on, to I've got the answer for you? In, I mean, literally in 30 seconds. Well, Scripture is is very helpful to you and to me to help us understand 
that those kinds of wounds are going to happen to us all throughout our life, but God has the answer for all the wounds, all your wounds. Listen to this, Romans 8, 38 and 39. You're very familiar with this scripture passage probably. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? What has, what has the Lord done for you in that scripture? What does Paul tell us in Romans? Basically, he goes, let me walk you from this end of your life to this end of your life, and let me tell you that you're going to have all kinds of things from this end of your life to that end of your life. But I'm going to tell you this, that nothing can overcome the love of Jesus Christ in your life. Isn't that amazing? God tells you that scars are going to happen in your life. God tells you there's going to be frustrations, there's going to be circumstances, there's going to be things that happen. But he says nothing can overcome the power of Jesus Christ in your life. Listen to Deuteronomy 30, 19. I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. This is God speaking. And he, he's saying, Moses is saying here, through God, through the authority of God, you're going to have life and death. You're going to have blessings and curses. But listen to what he says. Now choose life. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. You want to know why you should be walking adults? Why you should be walking with your scars? You should be walking uprightly? You should be following the Lord Jesus Christ with your life? Because your children would choose to do exactly what you do. If you're whining about your circumstances in your life, your children are going to see that and they're going to go, well, my mom can't handle it, my dad can't handle it, why should I handle it? And here's the reason you should handle it. You should handle it because you're going to pass down that godly heritage to your children one day. That no matter what happens in life, I can walk through it with the power of Jesus Christ walking through me. Do you know, again, I, I tell you all kinds of stuff about me, and I apologize for that, but it's pretty cool because you don't know me, so I get to tell you all this stuff about me. Do you know that when you look back in the heritage of my life, there was not much Christian heritage into it. Do you know who changed that Christian heritage in our lives? My mom and dad did. My mom and dad chose to change generations of people who were not that godly. And now they've changed it. And when you look at my family and the generations that are being passed on through my family and my brother's family and my sister's family, now you see a godly heritage that my parents chose to change. If your parents didn't handle circumstances well, if your parents didn't handle scars well, if your parents didn't handle things that were going on in their life well, you can change and break that curse. You can. You can make that choice to do that. Let me share with you three things very briefly about your circumstances, and then I promise we'll make up for Easter, all right? And we'll be out of here on time. Listen to this. God can help you to get beyond the circumstances of your past. I don't know what your past is. Um, you know, I, I, I know some of you. I certainly know some of the things that have happened in your past. I know some of the things that have happened in the past of this church. I'm very aware of those things, but at the same time, I'm not aware of everything. In fact, I have people come up to me all the time that will say something to me about, oh, this happened because of that. You know that, don't you? And I go, 
I don't. I, I really don't know that. And you know what? I'm glad I don't know that. Because when I look at you, I see you fresh and new. I, I don't know your past for the most part. I, I don't know what's happened here for the most part over the last 15 years at Holly Springs. And I don't know what's happened to you for the most part personally in your past. I know some, and I know some of you, but I don't know all of you. But listen, and please don't mis misinterpret this. Please don't misunderstand this. But when, when I'm looking at you, there, there's that inkling of understanding that that's even more to the 20th power how Jesus looks at you in your past. Does that make sense to you? I hope I verbalized myself correctly. What I'm trying to help you to understand is I, I really don't see your past. I see your future. That, that's who I want to be as your pastor. As your pastor, I don't want to look at your past. I don't want to harp on your past. I don't want to relive the past of you personally or the past of Holly Springs for the past 15 years. You know what I want to look at? I want to look at where are we right now and where is God going to take us because we have our future in him personally and corporately as a church. That's where we stand is on the power of Jesus Christ and how he can change us right now and how he can change our future. Isn't that how you want to be looked at? Yeah, sure it is. Everybody wants to be looked at. And this is what Jesus Christ can do for you. That's what's so exciting about what, what I make in this statement where it, where it says God can help you to get beyond the circumstances of your past. Oh my gosh, he's a wonderful God. He can help you to get beyond it. Let me flip to a scripture right here that I want to share with you real quickly out of Philippians. It's Philippians, the third chapter and the 13th verse. Listen to this. You, you're all familiar with this. Not, and I'm starting with verse 12. Not that I've already obtained all this or I've already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I tell this to people all the time, especially as I get older. But somebody told me this um, probably 15 years ago before I was heading toward senior adulthood. Uh, and it really made sense to me because I began to struggle with how some people as they age uh, tend to get mean sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you've all met some older people that kind of aren't the sweetest, kindest, oldest people. And, and I began to wonder, how does that happen? And I had a person come up to me, and we were having that conversation, and this is exactly what they told me. They said, when you age, you have a choice. And the choice is this. You can get bitter or you can get better. And as soon as I heard that, it just clicked and I wrote it down and I've hung on to it and I will hung on, hang on to it until the Lord calls me home. But all of us have a past. All of us have circumstances in our past. All of us have scars in our past. All of us have struggles in our past. But you have a choice as to what you can do with those scars. 
in those struggles. The scripture says in Philippians you can forget what was behind and you can move on and press on toward the goal of high calling in Jesus Christ. That's a lot of words. I think God would be okay if we said, I have a choice. I'm either going to be bitter about my past or I'm going to get better with my past. And I think that's the scriptural understanding of what's told to us in Philippians. Is you have a choice as to what you will do with the circumstances of your past. The second thing is this. God can help you to navigate through what you're going through right now. The circumstances of your present. Um, one of my favorite scriptures, uh, and I'll preach on this scripture sometime, but it's Philippians, uh, excuse me, 1 Peter 5, 7. <coughs> excuse me. 1 Peter 5, 7 is the, the, the really well-known scripture that you're all familiar with that where it, the Lord says, uh, through Paul speaking there, says, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Now, Here's my challenge to you today in the circumstances that you're going through right now. You know, it's sometimes easy to look at your past and say, okay, God wants me to get beyond my past. I get that. I'm going to try my best to get beyond my past and to move on to what he has for me, that high calling in Jesus Christ. But here's the problem. A lot of us are in the midst of circumstances right now. You're struggling right now in the middle of something. And you're wondering, how in the world do I get through these circumstances that are, are going on right now? And I can even begin to feel some scars beginning to form on me right now, right in the very middle of where I am. And this is what the scripture says. The scripture says, Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. I love this because I know that some of you are, are people who love to fish. And the hardest thing about fishing to me is having the patience to be a good fisherman. I think that anybody that's a really good fisherman or fisherwoman is patient. Um, you just have to be. I am not a good fisherman. That's just not my nature. My nature is to throw it out and then reel it in to see what in the heck happened with it. Why hasn't anybody bitten it yet, you know? And always checking for your worm, you know, checking to see if the bait's still there. And I love, and I think that's completely why Jesus used this analogy. Because in, in fishing terms, when you cast your cares upon him, the picture, the word picture, is just like they would cast a fishing net. And you cast that net out into the water, and then you begin to gather it back up to find out the reward that's there, which is the fish that he provides for you. The coolest thing about fishing is if you can be patient enough to cast your bait out and then wait, and then wait, and then wait, and then allow the fish to take it, and then you get your reward. That's exactly what's being said to us here as the Lord talks to us about what to do in the present circumstances that you're dealing with. He says to cast them there and leave them there. 
I used this analogy before one time, but most of us are, are like this. You just have to kind of see this picture. But most of us take suitcases of our troubles in our life and we take them over and we hand them to the Lord and then we walk back and then we walk back and then we say, well, he probably can't handle this one. Let me take this one back with me and I'll leave him the other one. Or we do this. We take our suitcases over to him and we open them up and we go, well, there's some things that I know that he can't do and so I'll bring those back with us. And before long, what we're doing is exactly what I'm doing, is we're wearing out this path to the Lord, where we take our cares to Him, and then we take them back. And then we take our cares to Him, and then we take them back. And the picture in 1 Peter 5, 7 is, cast your cares upon Him, turn your back, and leave them there, and walk away from them. Wouldn't you rather God to handle your problems than you handle your problems? But the only way you can do that is if you're willing to just cast them and leave them there. He so desperately, scripturally, calls for you to do that. And the hardest thing for us to do is to be obedient. Let me, let me tell you something. You need to listen to me because you're not going to like this, but I'm going to tell you this anyhow. If you're not taking your cares to the Lord and allowing him to deal with your circumstances, the situation that you've placed in, if you're not releasing them to him, you're sinning against God because that's exactly what he's called you to do. You're being disobedient. And disobedient means that you're being sinful. That's a hard thing for you to hear. It's a hard thing for me to hear. Because I want to deal with it myself. You want to deal with it yourself. But God says, let me deal with it. Let me be your God. Let me be your Father. First, uh, last thing is this. Uh, God can take care of the circumstances of your past. He can take care of the circumstances that you're dealing with right now. And God can handle the circumstances of your future. Guess what? You don't want to hear this, but you're going to have stuff come up in the future that you don't want to deal with. I mean, I... I I've already, I already know that things are going to happen in my future. It, it, they are. Because when I was in my past, things happened in my future, and they're going to keep happening in, in my future. Until the Lord calls me home, I know that there's going to be circumstances that are going to come up in my future that I'm going to have to deal with. Can I quote for you my very favorite scripture, uh, the one that I just kind of call my life verse? Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans not to do you harm, but plans to prosper you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Who cares about your future more than the Lord Jesus Christ? No one. He knows that there are going to be things that are coming in your future. I tell people this all the time. If I could take you six months or a year down the road and place you there, especially if you're dealing with circumstances now, if I could take you a year down the road and set you down and say, here's where you are now, you would probably be out of the circumstances that you're in now. And you would be able to look back and go, oh my gosh, how faithful was God to me? How good was the Lord to me? How, how uh, wonderful it is that he took me through that situation that I was in and has brought me to this place that I am now. But you would miss all kinds 
of understanding of how good God is if I took you from here and went to here with you. Because in this process right here, you're going to learn about the mercy of God. You're going to learn about the grace of God. You're going to learn about the goodness of God. And all those things are going to come into your life. But you know what else would happen? If I took you from here and put you into here, you would be out of the circumstances of what you're in now and you'd be in the circumstances of what you're in now. Because there's going to be circumstances that are going to come into your future. God's told us that. But Jeremiah 29, 11 says that he has your future in his hands. And if you will just allow him to take control of your future, he will do amazing things for you. If you have your finger in Isaiah 53, will you go back there for just a moment? I, I want to close with this understanding that you would begin to understand this. And I know you know this. I mean, this is not brain surgery. I'm not telling you anything new. You know that God has a future for you. But God's preparing you for an eternal future. I, I want you to know that. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he, he is spending time preparing eternity for you. You know, the scripture says, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it weren't, true I would have told you so but I go to prepare a place for you who's you well it's you if you're a believer he's going to prepare a place for you he's going to prepare a place for me uh, that that's what he's doing you know the, the question really becomes is my mansion going to be bigger than yours and yes it is I can just tell you that <laughs> no I, I have no idea I, I don't know, and you know what? Nobody's going to care. You're not going to look at anybody else's mansion and go, oh my gosh, they've got a better mansion than me because you're going to be on the same block that Jesus Christ lives on. And when you're on the same block that he lives on, you're in glory. And it really doesn't matter what your mansion looks like. You know, that, That's what's great about the circumstances of your future is God is preparing a future for you. Look at Isaiah 53. I want to point this out. As I was studying, I first time in all my life that I had kind of studied and this kind of popped up and I was reading some commentaries and I went, oh my gosh, this is fascinating. I hope it's as fascinating to you as it is to me. Look at Isaiah 53.10. So it says here, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And, all, and though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, listen to this, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. You know, do you know what God is teaching us here in Isaiah as he's talking about his son, Jesus Christ, here that wounds, uh, side was pierced, uh, has scars and wounds, so that you can have eternal life. What he's saying here about his son in verse 10 is this. Prolong his days is he's saying, and he's going to live forever. He's going to create eternity. Uh, that, that's already been created. It, it's already been there, but he's, he's going to be there and, and preparing it for us. That, that's what he's saying when he's saying he's going to prolong his days. It, it means that, that Jesus who has been in eternity and will be in eternity forevermore, is going there to receive us, to be getting ready for us to prolong his days. But he's putting it in human terms so you and I will understand it, that his son, who came in earthly form, will have his days prolonged. 
He's going to have eternity, just like you and I will have that option of eternity if we begin a relationship with him. But get this right before it says that. It says, he will see his offspring. Do you know that when the Jews, if, if a Jewish person died without children, it was almost like a curse. So when Jesus went to the cross, never married and never any children, if you look in it from Jewish terms, it was a curse upon his life. It was a horrible thing to have happen to a person. But God here, through the prophecy of Isaiah, says this, he will see his offspring. In, in other translations, it says he will see his seed. Do you know who his offspring are? Do you know who the children of Jesus Christ are? Do you know who the seed of Jesus Christ is? It's you. It's me. He's going to see us. That's why he went to the cross. That's why his, his side was pierced. That's why he suffered and bled and died so that he would one day see you and see me. Oh, that's just amazing. That's, that's the great news. That the circumstances of your past, the circumstances of your present, and the circumstances of your future cannot control what will happen to you. Jesus Christ has complete control of what will happen to you. And if you have given your life to him, then he has control of everything that will happen in your life. Ryan, will you come back up here? Will the band come back up here? As they're doing that, let me, let me, most of you would probably be familiar with this scripture, but I want to read it to you. Uh, Laura and I chose to put this outside our house about 12 years ago, and, and we just kind of made a commitment that from now on, this is going to stand outside our house. We have it carved on a big rock. You can't miss it. Uh, the house that we lived in before the one we lived in now, we actually had it put engraved in stone over the doorway. I mean, it was like unmovable. You couldn't do anything with it. And I'll never forget, Laura, I'll tell you this story too, but the, when we were building our house, the guy who was coming uh, to, to put the windows in uh, grabbed me one day and he said, uh, I see that you have that scripture written over uh, your doorframe. And I said, yeah. I said, my wife and I wanted to put that there because we believe it. And this is what it says. Not, most of you will know this scripture out of Joshua 24, verse 14, 15. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if the serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Right above my door. 15 years ago when we built that house, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Window salesman. I see you put that up there. I said, I did. He said, this house will never sell. I said, what? He said, you'll never sell this house. Nobody's going to want to buy that house with that on it. And I said, well, that may be true, but I'm choosing to live here now, and I'm choosing to serve the Lord, and if it never sells, so be it. But, and I, I just turned to him, and I said, but it's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. And he said, okay. 
like that. Uh, by the way, God's in charge of selling houses and everything else in your life, and that house sold with no problems at all. Um, the people that live in there are very good friends of ours, and, and they love that it says that over it. And when they go to sell it, it'll sell again because there's people who are not ashamed to serve the Lord. Let's pray. God, we are thankful that you're the God of all circumstances, that you control us, and that you control whether we live or breathe or whether we die and go to be with you. And Father, we put way too much stock in what the world thinks about us. Father, whether there's people here who are hurting because of circumstances in the past or who are hurting now, because of circumstances in the present. And Father, for those who will be hurting in the future because of circumstances in the future, would you remind them that you bled and died for them, that your wounds cover their scars. God, we love you, we thank you, and as we enter this time where we just reflect upon how we have worshiped this morning, Father, may you be present here through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.